Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is KEXP. I'm Kevin Cole, down in the performance space for the long-awaited return to the KEXP studio for Deep Sea Diver. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back here. It is so great to see you in person. You too. So, um, The Impossible Wait was KEXP listeners' favorite album of 2020, and now we get to hear some of the songs live. Yes. Oh, man. That was like one of the most exciting moments, I think, of our lives. And just, yeah, I still can't believe it. That is so cool. We'll talk about that. We'll catch up. Um, But how about uh, hearing some of the songs? All right. It's Deep Sea Diver live on KEXP.
into your arms, into your soul. Where do I turn? Where do I go? Everything hurts right now. Into your arms, into your soul.
such a great groove to that song. So hopeful as well. The wait is over. Deep Sea Diver live on KEXP. Ending the set with the uh, last song on the album, Impossible Wait. The song Eyes Are Red before that wishing. Impossible Wait and Lights Out. Man, uh, fantastic performance. Thank you so much. Can yeah. I catch my breath? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Jessica, there's a... Uh, some new artists in the room. Do you mind introducing Oh, the I would today? love to. To my left is Patty King. She plays everything. It's amazing, and we're so happy to have her on tour with us. This is Elliot Jackson on the guitar and synth. Yuki Matthews on the bass. Peter Manson on the drums. And I'm Jessica. <laughs> All right, thank you. So, uh, yeah, the wait is over. Impossible Wait came out just over a year ago, and it was voted KXP listeners... Top album of 2020, which was a rush for us. Uh, it was so awesome to have a, an, an incredible local uh, band artist uh, get that recognition. For you, what was it like? And I know uh, during the countdown, I happened to be on the air taking it to the top, and oh, I had yeah. noticed Peter doing a post of like, we're in the top 20 or something, right? Can you maybe re- we're in the, yeah, he said maybe or something. We might have made it in the top 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah not assuming anything, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can you remember what that was like? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I actually really love this memory of where I was because I was giving guitar lessons, teaching the song Impossible Wait to a bunch of people that had signed up, like through our band camp or something. On Zoom, right? On Zoom, yeah. yeah. And so I remember... Like, I wasn't sure what time the countdown was going to end, and it happened to be right. The, like, the number three spot was right when my lesson started, and I, I was, like, telling my students, uh, I don't know if we've made it on the countdown, but do you guys mind if we wait and see? Like, I really didn't assume anything. Yeah. And then to have them there with me, especially after, you know, a year of not seeing anybody and to experience joy in real time with other people was just, like, insane when it, our name got announced for that. I just started crying. It was amazing. Yeah, that is so cool, and uh, the students were cheering. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Well, your music is so important to KEXP, to our listeners and staff, and um, what is it like uh, now playing these songs at KEXP? Oh, my goodness. Today. I mean, like, just coming off of a tour and being back in rooms with people, me being an extrovert, that is just, like thoroughly enjoys the energy of other people and the energy of being with the band and the energy of being in this place that I love so much. I mean, it's irreplaceable. I don't, I don't know. Indescribable. It's been a while since we've been here as a band. It feels the last like, band was 2016, right? It truly feels like coming home. Yeah. Like it feels like this space and this crew and this, this moment feels like a really great driving point for so much of the tour to like come home to this. Yeah. And, you know, especially after, like, the uh, winning that or getting number one on the listeners award. Like, just crazy. Yeah, yeah that is awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, it feels that way for us, too. It wouldn't feel right to end the year without having you in here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, after last year. And, uh, and man, you know, the album came from a really vulnerable and a time, time's dark place. Yeah. And... You know, I think that that made the whole thing very relatable for people, establishing a deep emotional connection with listeners. I know for me, that was the case, and it, I, it was so much the soundtrack to 2020. But uh, now, you know, the songs are even more relatable <laughs> in some ways. And I'm wondering if uh, 
if the songs have changed meaning for you over time? Oh, wow. I mean, I think they always do. I, for the, I think the theme that like kind of I keep coming back to that is malleable but still remains the same is probably just, I mean, the title track, Impossible Weight. But that was in and this was now. I mm-hmm. tried so hard not to let you all down. I think everyone's constantly battling against their critic, you know, internally and externally. And so I don't know if the songs have changed so much, but they've definitely morphed live, which is the most exciting thing for me to take studio versions and then finally get to play them, you know, on the road. Is that part of the extrovert in you? Yes. I, I would, it kind of surprised me when you, when you said that. I mean, I know I've seen you live a ton of times yeah. and you're very outgoing, uh, but it seems like the songwriting process for an artist or for you might be very introverted. Yeah, I definitely feel like protective over it sometimes or like I kind of go away into a hole and hide and, and, and do that. But I think probably get the most energy out of like when, this, when the bones of a song are there, and I feel confident enough to, to, to begin the process of like either putting it down on tape, then that's where the extrovert comes back out, I think, and just it's, wants to hear people's voices. And at that point, does it take a more of a collaborative flavor as yeah, well? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely welcome that. And like, it's, yeah, beautiful to hear the voices that were on the record and then new voices of, of playing these songs live and to see that they have new life in them, even, you know, a year later. Uh, you talk about the the songs taking a different shape live. How much of that is is spontaneous? You know, like, I mean, I, th- I think uh, we did a tiny desk that really helped us kind of rethink a lot of these songs, like Wishing. And so kind of our hybrid version now is the tiny desk mix with what we put on the record. And the spontaneity, I think, comes in a lot of, like, the jammier moments, like Eyes Are Red. Um, or, yeah, I was thinking the, just the groove in that song yeah. at the end. You just don't want it to stop, right? Yeah. So how do you force yourself? Totally. To- and Peter, he's like literal like animal on the drums. And so sometimes he goes on these drum tangents that are pretty fun and like in the strangest moments and we'll catch you off guard. And he'll literally like, yeah, he, keep, he keeps all of us on our toes live for sure. I think... Uh- the collaborative element also comes out a lot with audiences. Like the audience could really feed us and like we know our songs well enough to just play them. But if you have a really good audience, it could just transform you to a different place where you have the freedom to do new things. And that's the most fun. In some cases, does that mean extending the songs too? Do you look at each other and like, we got to keep this going and you're sort of telepathically locked in? Yeah, especially like on Eyes Are Red. Sometimes that that song, which is like, I think seven minutes on the record, will go like 11 minutes. We try to like war on drugs it, you know, just like let it sit, let it be and see where it goes. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The new verb. The war on drugsing it, yeah. (laughs) So Jessica, it seems like as an artist, Impossible Weight was a kind of a monumental, transcendent album or record for you to make, at least in the process of writing the songs. You had talked about when we talked like a year ago that, uh, you know, you'd come off the, the band had come off the road, you were kind of on a high, you know, and then suddenly, you know, you were psyched to start recording and there wasn't anything there. And you had to... You, as you described it then, describe, find joy in making music again. Yeah. And that meant going to new places emotionally or vulnerably or <laughs> getting really yeah. vulnerable. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a second ago blocking uh, critical voices and being really fearless and a lot more bold. And in particular, you mentioned in Eyes I Read, you felt at first uncomfortable with 
the directness of the lyrics. Oh yeah, uh, I think I think I've said it before too. Where I, I struggle like with kind of that balancing act of wanting to be poetic. You know, some of my favorite artists, I look up to them so much lyrically. Tom Waits, Feist, Nick Cave, uh, just yeah, a lot of artists I look up to. And and it's it's sometimes. Uh, I think a disservice to yourself to want to say something simply yeah. um, when it when it is true and being okay with that. And so it was really uncomfortable to, to just say, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. <laughs> like You don't want it to come across as trite, but I literally like had to hear that mantra for my own self. And I wanted to say that to other people too, who may have been feeling the same way I was. And And people do feel that way. And on paper, maybe it looks that way, but when you, you know, put it with the music and repetition, it becomes a really... Uh, emotional phrase, mantra, you know, that really provides a lot of hope. Oh, that's really lovely. I'm glad. So now the record's been out for a year. Uh, How do you feel about that vulnerability? Is that something you're proud of? I am. Yeah. Uh, It's really lovely to have the record out now and have gone on tour. And because we, you know, road tested some of these songs before and, um, but nobody knew the lyrics or had connection with them yet other than what they heard in real time. And so I was just like very taken aback by the emotional response we got at shows mm-hmm. and, um, you know, getting to talk to people again after the shows and hearing their stories. And it really meant a lot to me. So yeah, I'm glad it's still hitting home for people. Very cool. Um, in the process that you went through as a, as an artist writing the music for impossible weight, um, how do you think that process has impacted you now or will like with your future writing? Oh man, I think one of the most valuable lessons I learned was Impossible Weight was the last song that we recorded and it was a co-write between uh, my friend Jen DeSilvio and I and Peter was in the room as well and we just, the song came together so fast and she really just like didn't let any of us stop. It was like, no, we're going to have a song and I'd never done a co-writing session like that before. Oh. I've done it with other people to co-write for their bands but um, yeah, and so... I just like brought one line, but that was in and this is now. And then we had the song three hours later and it became the single and you just never know. And yeah. like, and so I think kind of holding things loosely and like not allowing yourself to like fester too much in a song, you can kind of rip it apart in all the wrong ways. And so like that song had to be that way and it wouldn't have been if it wouldn't have been finished right then and there. Cause I think I probably would have overthought it. Yeah. I would have gone in the trash can. <laughs> Uh, glad it didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Ends up being the title track and a great uh, collaboration with Sharon Van Etten as well. So um, I, I need to thank you for being musical superheroes during the pandemic. <laughs> like, I mean, really, like you leaned into it and found ways to stay engaged and be uh, creative and connect with your fans uh, through the you know ongoing live sessions and the uh, Stay Home Stems project and, and all that which was amazing. So thank you for that. Um, are there any sort of quarantine learnings that, that you're going to embrace or take with you moving forward as we enter back into the what do you think? real world? I think that uh, the collaborative element with our fans for the Stay Home Stems project and for like the live streams was something I want to continue. Not necessarily that exact same thing, but just that overlap where uh, the kind of walls are taken down between um, artist and fan. And that was really, really fun that I want to keep on going with. Yeah. Any ideas how you might do that? Uh, I have some video ideas on uh, utilizing like a large group of people um, 
but uh, I can't reveal it or else somebody will steal my idea first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hang on to that. Well, we are so happy to have you back. Tomorrow night is the, the homecoming show, yeah. um, headline show at Showbox. And uh, are there certain songs you're really kind of more excited to play than others? And what are you looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to playing, we didn't play it today, but Switchblade. I played it in the studio when we did the solo thing with me and, and you and Natalie Shepman and Taz um, a couple of years back. And that was when I think it was first written. Mm-hmm. But now it's obviously on the record and uh, it's, yeah, it sounds so good. Yeah. Um, I love playing a Tiny Desk version of Stop Pretending. Yeah. That, there's just, yeah, such like new life in that song too. That was a pandemic written song. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Impossible Wait, the album was completed well before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. First of all, thank you for releasing it and, and not holding on to it. Like, how hard was that to do? Like, because nobody knew what was going on, obviously, totally. at first, right? So people were hanging on to their records and thinking, we're going to be able to tour in a month or two. Yeah. It was a trip. Uh, it was a lot of second guessing. Is this the worst idea in the world or a really good idea? Because maybe people need it and not a lot of people are holding on to the records and like, you know, to each his own, like, I completely understand why everyone had to make the decisions they did with their records. Uh, but I'm, I don't know. I think, I feel like we've always been a band that, like, just might do things a little bit unorthodox and that felt right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> it felt right, I, I can tell you, for, for the KXP community. Like listeners really obviously connected with the record yeah. in a big way and we needed it. So that was amazing. So you put it out like a year ago um, and have to wait another 10 months before you tour. So like a couple months ago, you did a pretty extensive tour. Yeah. Uh, about two months. Uh, how, what, what was it like playing live again for people? Amazing. Like every show. I, I actually, yes. Like there was a, you know, we, everybody has a few duds on tour where you're not feeling it or you feel like, is the, is the audience hearing us? This feels really strange. Like, or are they hearing a bad version of us? I don't know what's going on, but that didn't even matter. Like I, I, we just really love playing music with each other. And, uh, again, like seeing people singing the songs and being with us. Like I think our first like big show was with death cab in Missoula. It was like 5,000 people. And I felt that punk energy again that I needed to feel of just people be losing their minds over music, you nice, know, just nice. like so excited to be there. And so are we. So Seattle, lose your mind over the music tomorrow night. <laughs> yes, bring it. <laughs> Please. I know that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was sort of thinking about it like, okay, what's it going to be like as we roll things out again? And what's that first show going to be like? And then I thought about it and I thought, you know, actually that cathartic release that we get as music lovers seeing our favorite band is not going to be one show. It's going to be every single time we get yeah. to see our, our, you know, a band we haven't seen in a couple of years and hear that new record for the first time. Oh, gosh. There's been such a deep ache, I think, in so many people's hearts for just, yeah, experiencing music live and, you know, not just at home on Spotify or whatever it is, but just playing music together and, and being there in real time. There, there's nothing like it so yeah i'm excited that's what we found here at kxp as well people need community they need connection and they need music more than ever um so looking ahead a bit what what what's going on not to be greedy but uh, you write new music and (laughs) yeah (laughs) um working on new songs 
and we have a tour coming up in uh, January, February on the West Coast. And so, yeah, that'll be a headlining tour for us, which is uh, so exciting just to get back out already. And yeah, just trying to figure out uh, what this next record is about and how we're going to pull it off. Any sense when you might record? You know, I, I kind of like something that we've talked about is possibly just doing a few like location recordings of instead of making a word, making a record at this one spot and it's this exact dates. Mm -hmm. I need dates on the calendar for myself. Like that's my personality. If they're not there, then it feels like this vacuous, it'll never end kind of space. You should make a promise on the air right now. Don't make me make an on air <laughs> promise. That's bad news. No, I, I maybe I will. Um, no, I, we're going to do our best to just, yeah, have fun and experiment and be curious in the next few months and see like where, where we want to go. Yeah. Location wise can't, and record wise. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. And, uh, really look forward to, uh, to seeing the show live and, uh, also just following along with, uh, with the tour and what's next for Deep Sea Diver. Thanks, Kevin. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Fantastic session. Deep Sea Diver live on KEXP. Sold out show at, Sobo at the uh, Showbox tomorrow. And uh, again, thank you. Thank you. Huge thanks to the crew as well. It's so great to see everybody. Yay. Jim, Scott, Alia, uh, Kevin Suggs on sound, Renata, Mitch, Bella, and uh, huge thanks to all the KEXP donors who make live sessions like today's session with Deep Sea Diver possible. It's KEXP Seattle.